Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. The Partner Complex. It's not about black. I don't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. That's because you never saw me. It's not about white. Raj, meet your new partner. New partner. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers and we ain't friends. We gotta think of a team name. How about the good girl? No, girls just want to have fun. It's going downhill. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. leave meeting oh man it's gone too far i'm gonna leave the meeting you're gonna leave the meeting so i will tell you this is a different kind of movie than uh what we're used to in this series yes and no uh i mean i i kind of don't want to talk about the movie until we start are you ready to start yeah i'm ready to go welcome again obviously you know who i am it's the partner complex i'm here with my partner it's Marvin. It's Robert. Uh, Robert, first and foremost, I want to let you know that you are a mashed potato sandwich eating motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and I'm gonna leave your mom out of this. Your mom is out of this. Your oh, mom is out. My let mom's me know when out. You want me to, let me know when you want me to bring the bitch back. <laughs> so obviously, if you don't know, we are talking about white man can't jump. Not the not the new version, but we're talking Gross. about the 1992 version. Um, I'm gonna say this: this is definitely one of my favorite movies. Uh, period. Just anytime it's on, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, even from a young age, I just always liked it. Uh, star-studded cast, which we'll get into. Uh, one thing I'll say leading into this before we get through the movie is this is probably one of the first time I've ever sat there and like analyzed it while watching it. Okay. And, and and I feel like they don't make movies like this no more as far as like the the genre of this movie is so amorphous and weird. Like, yeah, it's it's a comedy with no jokes. It's an action movie with no action. Right. It's a sports movie with weird choices in sports shooting. It's, yeah. It's it's a drama, but it's a drama with a lot of your mama jokes. Like I don't, it, it's it's so, it's it's really it's probably one of the like how, like certain people talk about movies that touch them mm-hmm. and how they kind of capture the human condition. My argument is that this movie is so amorphous and so slice of life because life is is funny and sad and weird and cruel and mean. And there are no good guys and bad guys. Everybody's just doing what they got to do to get ahead. Yeah, exactly. Also, about, t- movies like, about hustling. And also, tell me the truth. There's like 30 minutes of this movie in the beginning. They're just completely missing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, the movie opens up with the the acapella group singing. But but I mean, but I mean, like, the, but the fact that like everything that happened before you see Woody Harrelson on that beach is like, there's like 30 minutes of movie. You probably should have saw. I needed to see the backstory yes. of, of, of her buying the car. How did you buy a car and returning it, turning into you owing them $7,000 and them wanting to kill you? Who right. sets up, a, who sets up a game to be real? Like, like what is the fucking Harlem Globetrotters? Who sets up a basketball game to get rigged? Who's right, putting money up right. on, on just random ass exhibition basketball games? Uh, you know, 
why how did you how did you meet how did Louisiana Woody Harrelson meet New Yorkian Rosie Perez and end up on Venice Beach? Just so many questions that just don't get answered except in like small little little whispers here and there. And I'm like, there's 30 minutes of this movie we're missing. Oh man, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they were both Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. We I wish they would have balanced it out more and we would have saw more about their lives, both of their lives, not just more Woody Harrelson's. Like, I know you only have so much time, but I wanted to see more of a balance, if that if you will. Um I think I I know I agree. I think some of the basketball sequences were a little long, especially for some that didn't really matter. Yeah. Like, I think they they put too much emphasis on on how and, and I know you can't see, but quote unquote dramatic the final game would be against the the two guys that they kind of been been whispering about the entire movie about King and whoever the other dude was. Mm-hmm. And they do that final movie after Rosie Perez already leaves him. Uh-huh. And that game, that game, I swear, goes on for like 20 minutes. I don't know what the score is. You know, I don't know what they're playing up to. And it's, I think and it's they, want, they played up to 16. Maybe. And that's an awkward end? number. And and the Weaver is is so long, but like I don't know these characters that they're playing against, so I don't feel the drama. I don't they. And then from the time he mentions, "Yo, I'm gonna have your money in a week," to when this game gets played, you completely forget that he still has to pay them money because you're like, "Oh, yeah. it must have been a, it must have been a month that's passed." Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And, and so it's like I don't know, like the, like normally the the big final battle sequence usually has some kind of urgency to it. Mm-hmm. Because because Rosie Perez had already said, "Yo, I'm leaving you. I'm out." Mm-hmm. This game was kind of worthless. Right. I think I think personally, the movie should have ended like the tournament should have been the last game they showed. Right. I agree with you 100. percent They could have cut that off and been like, "Up, oh, I'm leaving you." But you kind of saw that coming when you're watching the movie. They're always bickering and fighting about money and whatnot. And then this whole Jeopardy thing. You think Jeopardy? Uh, sponsored this movie i think uh i think whatever lot they were shooting at in general wasn't too far from where they were shooting jeopardy and said oh man you know what we could do um r.i.p the goat alex trebek by the way yeah uh but i mean it was it was it was pretty funny i um but um and we'll, let, let's let's start getting through the movie because because you know yeah. i always talk about you get one miracle per movie yes and 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 I bet you'll never guess what my miracle is going to be. The one miracle I'm like, okay, that one coincidence you get that I'm like, okay. You get too many coincidences, the whole thing falls apart. But you get one coincidence. The one coincidence I'm going to say is uh that they happen that 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 Woody Harrelson meets uh meets Wesley Snipes and Wesley Snipes happens to be boys with the two guys they beat in like the second big basketball game. Mm-hmm. And when they go back to meet those guys up one of the guys happens to be a security guard yes. on the same lot that they filmed Jeopardy. Yes. Nigga, that is super convenient. That's my mm-hmm. one miracle of the movie. Like, that's the one deus ex machina. Because, like, there's, cause if, if anyone, if, if, if Woody didn't want to talk to that guy, if, 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 um, Wesley wasn't super cool with that dude. If that dude didn't show up to play that basketball game on that random court that one day, this whole thing falls apart. All would apart. I had that in my notes as well. I was like, that's really convenient. That <laughs> like super fucking one guy convenient. can get Jeopardy to call her. Like, that's crazy. But um, if you want to get started, I know you got a lot of numbers you want to get through. Go ahead. Oh, the this had a production budget of $30 million. Which is crazy, considering what they did with it. Okay, so it's a um, 115 minute running time, rated R, comedy, sports, black and white basketball players, hustlers join forces to double their chances of winning money on the streets, sports, and a basketball tournament. Tell me, tell me right now, this isn't, this doesn't look like, look like a really, really, really high profile indie movie. Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. If, it, if, if it was an HD and I told you A24 did this, you'd be like, I fucking believe it. Oh, absolutely. So Ron Shelton, director, Ron Shelton, mm-hmm. R- Shelton writer, producer, David Lesler, mm-hmm. uh, cinematographer, uh, Russell Bird, editor, Kimberly Ray. Um, of course, we already know the cast. 
but I can go through that. Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrison, Rosa Perez, Ira Ferrara. And, and Kadeem Hardison, who doesn't get enough credit. I see you. I hear you, Kadeem Hardison. Yeah, that was my next let's, guy let's, I was going to let, say. Let, let's, talk about, let's talk about Ghost Dad. Let's talk about Different Worlds. Yes. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Casey Undercover. Let's talk about it. So anyway, o- opening, not, not, not goes down, I'm like the six man. I apologize. Yeah, the six, six man. man yeah. Opening weekend, this gross $14 million gross in the U S and Canada is 76 million worldwide is 90 million. So it got, got us a uh, budget back release date was March 27th, 1992. And locations they shot this in was LA. Of course. <laughs> obviously yeah so all right so the movie I'm, I'm 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 looking up right now i'm kind of curious as to if you could pull it up to what it opened up against i'm kind of curious what i will pull that up like i'm i'm deadly curious about what it pulled up against but no definitely i'll, I'll give him this man like very few movies pull this off really well and that la was definitely a character in this movie so March 2027, March 2000, no, March 27, 1992, semi-pro, like Mike, and blue chip. No, I don't, I don't think you got the right one. No, I don't. I, hold on. It opened up against uh, Basic Instinct, Wayne's World, yep, My Cousin go. Vinny. Yep, you got it. So I mean, I mean, it. I mean, it. It. It, it didn't have anything that would have possibly have eaten into people going to see this. So that's perfectly fine. Like, there's nothing that anyone else would have. If you're going to see that, you're not going to see Basic Instinct. You're not going to see Wayne's World. You're not going to see My Cousin Vinny. My Maybe my Vinny wasn't actually that bad. I like but, that. But I'll tell you, but maybe you might go see my. I'm not saying it's bad movies. Just saying, like, what would have eaten into the same kind of demographic it was aiming for? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. I'm surprised um, they had a $30 million budget for this because uh, realistically, I, I, it looks like a, a huge indie indie. Movie. Well, I, I'll take it as I'll take it as you got to figure a how much did they pay Woody Harrelson and and Wesley Snipes? Oh, yeah. So let me I'm going to hold on a second. I'm going to take some right now just to make myself. OK, so this is pre money train. So whatever they made, they made double probably on money train. I think he made eight million for Wesley. I remember. I think Wesley Snipes said he made eight million for White Man Can't Jump. What? And then, uh, so, but I mean, you figure how how expensive does it got to be to shoot in L.A. And they're shooting all up and down there. I'm looking that up. But I mean, obviously, Woody Harrelson, low key, he got twelve million. So out of the thirty million, almost half went to just him. So that explains a lot. Yeah, he got twelve million, and I'm thinking he uh, Woody Harrelson got another twelve. Not a bad day. Not yeah, a so, bad payday. So, so, so that, that's all the that's all the money. <laughs> that's all the money. Right. It was, it, it was it was it was twelve million to Woody, twelve million to Wesley. You figure uh, four four million to to Rosie Perez, and the rest was tank top budget. Yeah. So we're going to get into this. And first thing I'm going to say is this. Uh, it's a damn shame, damn shame that we've gone almost 20-something years without a Wesley Snipes top billing. I was going to ask you, what happened to Wesley Snipes? After uh, he went to prison. Oh, then he had to come back. And by the time he came back, the landscape of media had changed. And, and like uh, his, first, his first big thing back was, uh, if I'm not expendables. mistaken. No. Before that, it was... Um, it was. Didn't he do a TV show? No, 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 no. Oh man, it's this movie I love to um, because I feel like it's a spiritual successor to to both Training Day and. Let's just pull up Wesley Snipes' uh, IMDb. Was it Richard Gere who's in there? Credits. Oh man, what movie was it? Brooklyn's Finest. That's what it was. Two thousand nine. Oh Finest. yeah, I forgot that about a, Brooklyn's Finest. I don't forget it because because in my mind, and this is my head canon, right? This is a spiritual sequel to both uh, Training Day 
and uh and um and friggin' now nah, I forgot the movie name when I'm mad because it's my favorite, one of my favorite movies too. Training Day and New Jack City because in my mind, if Nino Brown doesn't get shot or he does or you don't see him die, but if he doesn't get shot in that last sequence and goes to jail in like 1993, he'd have got out around 2009, which is when Wesley Snipes' character gets out of jail after being in jail for for doing drug stuff for X amount of years. And on that same token, you see um, what's got white guy's name from Training Day? Uh, I know what you're talking Ethan Hawke? Yeah, Ethan Hawke's character who's like super, super clean cut but running around with Denzel Washington the whole time. And you see Denzel Washington doing all this stuff. He's like, oh, I'll never be that kind of cop. In Brooklyn's Finest, Ethan Hawke is that exact kind of cop. Like you see him be like, okay, I'm, I'm a little older. I've been in this for a while. My family needs money. And it's basically doing everything that Denzel Washington was doing in training day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, Wesley Snipes did a movie in 2023 back on the strip, right? You, yeah, you even uh, heard about it? I didn't hear about that because I, I knew that he had done um, Dolomite is my name. And that was a big role. He wasn't top build in that, but he stole that movie. Did you get to see Dol- Dolomite is my name? No. It's I him, 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 Eddie Murphy. And everybody else is in it. Um, I want to check that out. It came out on Netflix. I want to say 2020 or 2019. 2019. It's 118 minutes, but I'll check that out. But that one is like the people like, because the the, the character. Mike is in there. It's about basically about the guy who invented Dolomite and basically how they shoot the the shoot Dolomite's first movie. Uh huh. And and Eddie Murphy's the character, and Wesley Snipes is the director, but he's so over the top. Well, I'm glad he's coming back because after after he he was in the Recall, he was in Expendables uh, three. Yeah, but who wasn't? And I think at, right after he got out of jail, he was in Expendables three because I re- I think I remember. No. Expendables three was was way after uh, Brooklyn's Five. Brooklyn's Five was like two thousand nine. Expendables three was like 2012, 2013. 2013. Uh, yeah, two th- uh, he did he go to jail right after Brooklyn's Finest? He got out of jail before Brooklyn's Finest. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I thought he went to jail. Be- then he was in the Art of War two, the Contractor, uh, Hard Luck. I'll say, I'll say the biggest change was that number one, obviously Hollywood goes and moves on. The second thing being is that a lot of the type of movies that he was doing, and I'll put this one in the same boat. By the time he got out, those kind of movies were kind of the new versions of B movies. Those movies you'd find at a red box or yeah. on the bottom of a streaming service. Did you know, you, did it, you ever watch play it to the bone? Yeah. He was in that one. I mean, he's been in a lot of movies. More but th- I want, but I want, I want to talk about the flip side. I want to talk about the anti Wesley. Okay. I want to talk about Woody Harrelson, who is like the technician of like, you need somebody for the movie, I'll be that guy. You need, you need an old drunk, I'll be that guy. You need a young gay dude, I'll be that guy. He's everything. And I'm gonna tell you right now, my my when I I already knew I loved Woody Harrelson from like Money Train and everything else, but the moment, uh, the moment I saw him, cemented it in. Friends with benefits. Okay. I was like, yo, I've lived my entire life and this guy has like been there every step of the way. I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And him just playing the gay guy and the way he plays it and the certain lines he says, like <laughs> he's he's playing it's him and Justin Timberlake playing playing basketball in a reference to this movie, White Man Can't Jump. And he takes the same shots. And they think and if you know, you know. Right. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all ain't ready for this. I'm kicking every gay ass out here. I'm, t- I'm really, I'm serious. Which one of y'all is gay? I'm asking because I need a date tonight. Like all this stuff he's doing. And it's just, he's like, you sure you're not gay? No, I'm not gay. Okay. Like that whole thing. It's just, oh, I'm gonna, oh I got to go back and watch that movie again. You know, when but, uh, Wesley Snipes went to jail, Woody Harrelson uh, wrote him a character reference letter for the judge. See, man, I tell you, bro, Woody and Wesley, bro. They're like best friends in real life. Like, they're like brothers. 
So I mean, I mean, I mean, they double team uh, uh, J Lo and Money Train. So I mean, that's best friends for life. So um, I, so the we I do want to cover Money Train. So I'll hold that thought until we'll, we'll, we actually do that, it down the line. Um, yeah. So I was going mean, to suggest that or White Man Can't Jump, and I was like, well, let's start with White Man Can't Jump. It's a much easier tale to go over. So yes, yes. Um, so I mean. Uh, just uh he's um uh, my my wife made me watch the hunger game series with her as they were coming out and okay. woody harrelson was the only thing that got me through those okay i've never seen it so i'll try it out he just, i know they're he coming just, out with two more they are i guess but he he plays like the new ones that are coming out are prequels they have like are like a couple hundred years before the ones we've already seen okay uh but woody harrelson plays a guy who's been who'd been in the Hunger Games for like super long. Okay. And like he's like he's like the guy you ask like, oh, he need like and he's gonna be your trainer and ask him for advice because he's been through X amount of these. And he just plays this angry drunk who like, but he's like, he's like a good guy. He's like, he's like, look, man, you do what you want. I can tell you how to win, or takes a giant swig of liquor, or you could die. It's your business. I'm like, man, what here's a good ass guy. Um Rosie Perez also secretly in a lot of movies that I love, including. Let me let's uh, talk about her for a second. Don't you think she plays the same character in every movie she plays? Doesn't Will Ferrell? So it doesn't matter. No, I I agree with that. Like, but I look at her and I'm just like, she basically is plays the same role. The the one thing she she was different in was the flight attendant on uh, Max. She was different in in uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. I don't think I saw that one. I will have you see to the, the second the second Harley Quinn movie that came out like maybe like two three years ago. Yeah, I didn't see it. But she plays uh, Detective Montoya in that one, and she she's she's not she's not this character. But she also played did. she played in a movie with Nicolas Cage where uh, it could happen to you where they get the they win the lottery and she reminds me of the same character like they win the lottery uh nicholas cage is like if he can't pay his bill at this restaurant and nicholas cage is like if i win the lottery i'll come back and give you half of uh half of the winnings they end up winning and she's freaking out that she's getting 4 million dollars or whatever and it just reminded me so much of white man can't jump the the issue is is that is that uh, Rosie Perez is gets hired to play Rosie Perez, and that was the case until J Lo came, and then it, they started just writing roles for J Lo, and this is how it went. And yeah. you can see where where I'm like, okay, um, uh, Rosie Perez probably should have been in Money Train just to complete the sequel. Uh, Rosie Perez probably should have been in uh in um she was in the in counselor? plain sight, huh? She, she was in the counselor. She's been a lot of stuff. I did not know that. She was in the Big Mouth, Human Resources. Oh, oh, yes. She did play in Your Honor. That she did play a different character in that. I will let you mind you, this is but but I bet that movie's pretty recent and it is X amount of years into her career. You're not gonna play the same loudmouth, you know, sexy Latina in 1989 that you're gonna play in friggin' 2019. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. She knew what she was getting paid for. She knew what she was getting uh, typecasted for. And that worked I mean, for her because she but, had she's been she, in I'm, 86 movies. But I'm going to tell you this. It's gonna be, it's, I'm going to say it's her and I forget the actress's name, but who played Wesley Snipes' wife in this uh, um, are the emotional crutches of this movie. The Wesley Snipes' wife uh, Ira Farrell I've seen her a lot of other stuff. I she forgot her played name. on Boys in the Hood, too. Yep. People always getting shot and robbed around her every time, bro. She's, yep. she's a bad omen. And then, uh, like, in in this movie, she's like, oh, they took everything. And these people know who did it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what you were like in Boys in the Hood. You know what was dark about that scene is super dark. Is that You know they live in a bad place. When If you, if you watch that sequence when she's yelling at everybody... There is mad windows shot out and there are just plywood everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then they took our, she was like, oh, they took our $5,000. This was Doughboy's mom in, yep. uh, in Boys in the Hood. So, so let's, let's get into, let's get into this movie real quick. Let's get into the synopsis. Like, let's get into the rundown. So, 
um, opens up, random shots of the of beach and everything else. You got the the Venice Beach Boys opening it. I like how they open and close this movie. Yes. So you kind of know where yeah. you're at. Like The people that were singing, the guys that were singing, they were famous people. They've been in yeah. different stuff. Like, I can't tell you which one, which films they've well, been they, in, but... They, they were here to tell you, like, oh, it's the opening of Act 1. Oh, it's the opening of Act 2. Oh, man, it's the end of Act 3. <laughs> um... So some of the best trash talking in movie history, even though a lot of stuff is just not said, like they're just yapping about nothing. You couldn't carry my jock strap uh, in a suitcase. Um, so uh, you see Wesley, he's playing basketball. Kadeem Harson's cheering him on. Um, I, I get annoyed because a lot of times before Woody comes out, you never see who Wesley Snipes' partner is before Woody shows up. Right. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so to get the white boy in, he comes in for two plays, two passes. They win. Um, they put some money up against each other. So now they're gonna then now they're gonna shoot against each other. They uh-huh. put sixty two sixty two dollars up. Yep. Do Do you know the 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 exchange of how much that sixty two dollars is worth today? How much? Hundred thirty five dollars. That's what they played for in two thousand twenty three currency. Wow. How do you figure 62. that out? Sixty two dollars in in two thousand is how much it would stretch based on the oh, economy. Okay. So it's 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 so sixty two. So betting sixty two dollars was like betting one hundred and thirty five today. Wow. OK. Things are too goddamn expensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but like let, let's back up for a second that when we, when he's the opening shot of Woody Harrelson being like, oh, is this the basketball court? He. I was kind of confused because he got on the basketball court, laid down and put the ball under his head. And it, did he go to sleep or something like that? I, I I have to believe no, just because there's no way you are falling asleep on Venice Beach and not just getting robbed shitless. Like, exactly. <laughs> like you're getting your pockets ran. So that is insane. I was that part kind of threw me. I was like, that's Venice Beach. You're just going to go it, take it, a nap it, on the beach. It, it, there's one thing where somebody's like, yo, you know, it'd be a really good shot. And then the editor said, I got something for you. Don't even worry about it. I'm about to cook this. And <laughs> that's what that was that whole transition of looking up into the hoop. Like, oh, man, he's even dreaming about basketball. And I was like, shut the fuck up. No, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, At, and then we get into the the first round. They're they're playing basketball, trash talking. And now uh, we're back uh, up to where we're at. Real quick, just to go like that. So much of this movie is, is in tank tops. Yes. I can count the times on one hand Wesley Snipes wears a full shirt. No, I agree. And he's not in just one tank top. He's in double tank tops. You're right. It's which, very which, 90s fashion in this. Which which means that when, when they play the 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 Brotherhood tournament thing, he is at one point wearing three tank tops. Yes. That is fucking insane. You, did you like how he wore the, his hat flipped up? Uh... I yes and no because no because I've never been able to locate the brands that were on his shirt on, on his on his hats. I'm like, what? Where the fuck is he getting these goddamn hats? I don't understand it. I'm so confused. I gotcha. But uh, but I mean that was the style back then. I'm not mad about it, you know. Um, but a lot of trash talk, a lot of your mama, it's your mama that you can't do those jokes anymore because sometimes your mama has an OnlyFans. So uh, <laughs> that is true. That's the difference be. between now and then. Oh, your mom, your mama so your, your mama so yeah, I saw your mom kicking a can down. Your mama so poor I saw her kicking a can when I asked what she's doing. She said moving. I'm like, that's that was cool. That was fun back in the day. You can't do that now. Cause now I was like, oh man, your mama's so poor, she does she does dick rating picks for freaking da-da-da-da. I'm like, oh no, no, somebody's gotta die now. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the difference. I mean, that's the society we live in. Um, so, so we get movie we progresses, get, they get off get the, the court. Shoot, we we get the shootout. Um, as far as like them them taking the 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 top of the key shots, um, white dude wins it. Talks about how he's been hustling. He plays a lot of guys that are better than I'm gonna start using their their movie names. Uh, Billy says he plays a lot of he's played a lot of guys that are better than Sydney, and that's how he does it. He 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 tricks them because everybody is racist. That the white guy can't shoot, yeah, um, can't play, yada yada yada, schmackety. Um, uh, Billy gets home. You meet uh Rosie Perez's character. They start yapping it up. You see that she has the facts and trivia posted all over the walls and everything in the hotel room. Do you really um, think people are out there studying like that for 
for Jeopardy? Do I think they do? I, do, I, do I think they were? Or do you think they are? Is Jeopardy not a, that big anymore? Like it was uh, back then. I, I think it's different now just because TV's different. Like for example, when's the last time you cared about the time something started that wasn't like a sporting event or something? True. So so if it's if it's so if you're at home and it's seven o'clock on a Tuesday, are you like, oh man, Jeopardy's on? No. Because you have other shit to do. Yes. But, and but, I can but now, find it later. But now, if let's take this back when it was like, I don't know, 1996, and you're just at dinner or something or in the living room, and it happened to be on because you're flipping channels, you're more likely to watch it. Absolutely. I, so, is Wheel of Fortune still a thing? Yep. Wheel of Fortune gets as many viewers as the Super Bowl does every night. Crazy, isn't it? Most, yeah. of, most, most of those are just uh, are just uh, uh, geriatric folks and, and hotel lobbies and other places that haven't just haven't cut the TV off yet. You know, they shoot that all in like two weeks. I believe Jeopardy. it 100%. Um, but I apparently Pax is about to leave the show, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna get somebody new. They're like, no, nah, they're gonna get they're gonna let Vanna White host it, and then her daughter's gonna take over being the Vanna really? White. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I wish it was a younger person going through to get the legacy thing, but I can't be mad about Vanna White. She's been she she's been she's been a part of my life more than most family members. So it's it's time for her to get a bump up. So I mean, it's whatever. Um, so um, you meet you meet them. You meet uh, Rosie Perez's character. She 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 knows everything about everything. She knows all the useless facts. Um, she's spewing it. I mean, I, that's a fair way to write a character that you would assume would not be smart because racism. But she's actually the most intelligent person that we see the entire movie. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, that whole thing goes through. Um, uh, this guy's taking a shower. And Sydney uh, comes over. Sydney shows up. So I talk and mess to them, walks up in there, lays on a bed, which is number one, disgusting. Because you got to assume they're fornicating in there. Yeah. I'm not laying in nobody's hotel bed. That's ridiculous. Um, and he's like, you got to you got to chill out with the sauce because he could smell the vodka on her breath. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so um say, hey man, we should hustle some people. Okay, we'll hustle some people. We should use some of your money. Okay, cool. So now we get to the my favorite, which is the second basketball game. I wanted where, to talk about this one too. Like okay, so this, this is the one where they're uh, <laughs> wait, on wait, the wait, court. wait. We'll get there. We'll get there. Wait a second now. Woody Woody is uh walking down the the train steps, which mind you, he's walking down these steps forever because you see him walking down the steps. Wesley plays the end of an entire game, and this dude may be halfway down the stairs. He's like, right. yo, man, who do you want? You can pick anybody. Pick anybody you want. Anybody here, man. Anybody. Yo, man, I want that white guy. And he's, he, he million-dollar man's the friggin', uh, friggin' $6 million man, sees this white dude super-duper far down the road coming down the train trip stacks, the train tracks steps. I'm like, okay, fair enough. That was the slowest walk ever. Um, he's like, yo, man, uh... No, I'm so no, I'm lying. No, I'm mixing it up. That was it. That was that was the that was the third game. Second game, um, this guy was on the bench. Yeah, he was on the bench. That's what I was trying to figure I out. I apologize. And he's like, yo, man, uh, we said was it eight, was it five hundred dollars? Five hundred dollars. Yes. So this is the one I wanted to talk to you. It was like, oh, I got the money in my car. And he literally <laughs> goes to his car, gets his gun, puts on his mask, and tries to hold up the store. And I, I'm just I gotta, like, what I gotta the believe. Fuck? I've never seen this guy before or since. I got to believe he knows somebody who knows somebody. Maybe he was a stunt coordinator. Maybe he helped with the basketball moves or something. But that guy is low-key in every scene. Like, he's, he's at the court during the first game. He plays in the second game. He's at the tournament in the stands. Yeah. Like, he's in every sequence. I'm like, Jesus. And they make sure to, to shoot him and get him to say a line. Because even in the tournament, he's like, he's like yeah, you want to fight? Fuck you, then. Fuck you. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to my car, get my gun and shoot everybody. <laughs> no, yeah, he said, I'll go to my car, get my other, other gun, gun and I'm shooting everybody ass. <laughs> um, so the fact that he ran in there, he, he put the mask on, and give me all the money. And he said, said Billy, whatever he said, whatever your name is, that you? He's and, like, no, he tried to change his voice and everything. I was like, are you kidding me? And I'm so mad I can't remember the comedian's name. It's that the guy he robbed is a famous comedian, and I forgot his name, and I apologize for that. Uh, but that's who he, that's who he robbed and ended up, end up selling the gun to. Yeah, he was like, "I'll <laughs> give you two fifty for it." Two seventy. I'll give you two hundred. Two seventy five. Two fifty. 
There's a lot right, more man, crazier you, Bobby, people out here than me. Nobody's gonna miss this. This <laughs> me. So he gets back. They have the game. Whoops him out. Uh, pulls out a knife. He's like, I'm gonna cut him. He's like, Yo, man, that's, that, 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 I don't know, man. You should cut him. You should cut him. Cut him right now. <laughs> cut his head off. Yeah. Um, that was just a funny sequence. That that whole thing is just nonsense. And then he kind of flips it. He's like, You're talking about like uh. Let Sydney is like, oh, you're talking about my family and you don't even know me. You should cut this guy right now. You should cut, you should, you should cut him right now. You should cut him. Cut him. Cut him right now. You know what? Forget all this. I'm going to get in my car, get my other gun. and I'm shooting everybody ass. And then they the one thing I didn't understand is like they jump over the fence. Why didn't you just run <laughs> through the door? I got to I said it too because you feel there'd be so many more people jumping over the fence, but it's really just them. Like, okay, and why at no point in time is like, like you see them running. Why did she not just start the fucking car? Okay, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm not, if, if I was really in that situation, I wouldn't jump over the fence. I would be running through the open gate around the corner. So, 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 so now we're in here. I'm going to say this right now. Okay. So, as of right now, we're in this movie. Now, we're, me and you are talking, it's probably about 15 to 20 minutes into this movie. Yes. There are no good guys. There are no bad guys. People are just people. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of the black and white stuff was shoehorned in. Yeah. Like I like I feel like I feel like hypothetically, you could have this exact same movie if you took out if you took out Woody Harrelson, put in like Jaleel White in Urkel makeup, and just called the movie, you know, he he can't play or like he's trash. Something like something that's not white man can't jump. Right. No, I agree. And it could have it could have been the exact same movie. All this stuff that like when they're in the car driving after this game, he's like, Oh, you can't you can't hear Jimmy. You can't listen to Jimmy. I don't want to listen to that whole music argument. It's like, okay, I feel like this is shoehorned in. It doesn't fit the tone of the rest of the movie. No, absolutely not. And the then fact like- that, like, like, like the fact that, that you have a black and a white character and the concept of of how rough Wesley is living and the parts of town he's living in is not really discussed like that. And there's never really a juxtaposition to how Woody's life is as a white man and how Wesley's life is as a black man. It feels like there was, there was already, there was already a mafia script. There was already a basketball script. And then there was already a racist script. Right. And they they just, let's just mash them together. Yep. Yep. But I, in this movie, I kind of feel like uh, Sydney is actually doing better than Woody Harrelson's character because he keeps like fucking it up and spending his money on ball and he just nothing to save. And then they're on the run from these guys. I need, I need to know why, why Woody like, like whether it be because he got tricked or because, uh, or because he just can't do it. I feel like whenever there's big money, every time there's a, there's, Every time there's a a a a significant amount of money involved, he something happens where he just can't win. Right. And 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 it's lots of we're like, no man, don't do it, bro. You ain't got to try to dunk. Don't even sweat it, bro. Just go home, man. Just go give it the money, man. Go. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I gotta just assume that the Woody Harrelson and Rosie Perez relationship is just super toxic, and Absolutely. he didn't and, and he didn't want anything to do with it because in, in theory, it's like the backstory is even kind of muffled because like, oh, she bought a car from them and then she didn't want to pay them. I don't I don't understand why they would hunt her down with a gun to get a three thousand dollar car payment. It seems more trouble than it's worth. And right. then, yeah. and, and, then, and then just to rope in Woody Harrelson because he wouldn't he probably wouldn't stay with her if it was just, yo, they're going to kill you. Well, sorry, bitch, you on your own. Right. They add in. Oh, and then, you know, to make the money up. They said he's gonna play in a basketball game, and then he didn't want to throw the game. And and then the, the the cheap excuse to give like, how come you didn't throw the game? How come you didn't throw the game? Oh, because the guy said that I'm a honky motherfucker. You are a honky shoot. motherfucker. He couldn't mm-hmm. shoot. He couldn't. He didn't, even, they didn't even say that. They didn't even say that. He said he's the guy calls him something racist, and it didn't even say anything about about he can't play. But then he uh-huh. said, well, him saying that meant I couldn't play. Ah. Yeah, like, like, they called you called you a stupid honky motherfucker or something like that. And then he's like, You are a stupid honky motherfucker. Yeah, but I could play though. I could play. Right, right. And I'm like, this is paper thin. Uh, I don't we know. We had two you. scripts together and we just put it together and see at what least we got. at minimum two scripts. I'm like, I love this movie, but like it's a mess. It's a mess. There's at least 30 minutes of the beginning that are completely missing. Yeah. Uh, I'd love 
Like, like you don't, you never learn anything about Wesley's character at all be- before the day they met. Like you, I don't know if he, if he was going to play ball professionally, if he flunked out, I don't know how old he is. Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. I just know that he, he, he is married, I assume. And, and he has a child. That is it. Mm-hmm. And that he plays ball like that's, but that's it. But he had a, the he had multiple jobs. He's done the cable thing, the roofing thing, uh, the paint, all that. So he's he's an entrepreneur. I one guess. of the one of the scenes is he's they're looking at the house and he's dressed in like dressed up and he's like, oh, that's one of the scenes that uh, he's actually dressed up in. It was it was that scene. It was a scene where he meets with the client about the tile. Yep. And and he and he's also wearing a shirt when they show up at the house and all the guys are watching the game. Yeah, that was it. Every other time it is tank top on tank top. Yes. Or at the tournament when it's tank top on tank top on tank top. What did you think when he got hustled? They hustled um, for his money. I thought that was the grimiest thing in the world, but but fair is fair. And, because and see, that's, that's how they get. started their relationship. That's what you get for believing in a stranger. <laughs> like, right. That's what you get. So um, I wanted to bring this up um, after the after the drive home with the music and everything. Um, they have this weird out of nowhere, didn't really need a sex scene. I'm like, are you just padding out time? Or did somebody say like, you think Rosie Perez will do nudity? Yeah, she'll do nudity. And then they're like, well, we got to put it in there now because it didn't really serve a purpose. Like, I already knew they were together. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to see them do it. But I mean, it's 1990, so like everybody's having sex. Right. Um, I loved how I bet it took 17 takes for Rosie Perez to get out the term dry mouthedness. Oh, man. No, absolutely. So, and so when they're in bed and she's like, I'm thirsty. And he gets up and gets her a glass of water. And he's like, you're like a typical guy. You're trying to fix something. I don't want you to fix this. I just want you to sympathize with me. Uh, what what like, did you think about that? I feel like it was a trap because I felt like 100% if he'd have been like, yeah, man, I'm thirsty too. She'd been like, so are you going to f- get a goddamn glass of water? Like, I feel like there was no win. There was no, I, like, I was, I was, I'm not going to say this was an amazingly written scene, but I will say that it captured the essence of just of being with a woman 100%. I was watching <laughs> this part with Sammy, right? And she was like, I don't know what the fuck this girl is talking about. I've been in those scenarios. I'm like, oh, I get it. But but I okay, I'll change up. I bet if you ask Sammy the opposite, if you go, uh, if it's the whole thing where like I know she's come to you with like, oh, this happened at work or this happened, da 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 and she doesn't want your opinion, she just wants you to to just say yes. like, Oh damn, that shit crazy. That's yes. wild as fuck. It's I took it as more like that, just just more clumsily written, but I took it more like that. When Sammy used to work at her other job, she'd be like, oh, and I'd be like, oh, I got to fix this. I'd be like, initially being like, oh, fuck, it's on. We're going to do this. But she just wanted me to be like, hey, it's cool. She was just venting, basically. 100%. So so they do the second game we talked about. He gets hustled. Uh, No, yeah, he gets the third game. He gets hustled. Right. Um, they're out in Watts and, you know, he's coming down the train steps. I already described, so I won't go through that again. These guys, these guys uh, lose their money. He's like, oh, I got to tell Gloria I lost all the money, whatever. Uh, they get over to, he gets back. He tells her like, hey, this is what happened. She said, oh, let's go get this money. He's like, no, it's guy stuff. You can't, you know, can't go back and get your money. You know, and, guys, and guy, the, guy stuff. When he's on the bus, he's like, I'm not getting off this bus. I'm not doing this. And he's just sitting there with <laughs> Bless her heart, she's sitting there with a map, just trying to figure out how to get there. Now, I want to take a pause for a second. We're going to skip ahead, skip to jump a little bit, just to talk okay. about this, all right? <sighs> it's, it's, 19, it's 1992, right or wrong? Right. At least when the movie comes out. Right. So 1991, really. When, you're, when they're shooting this, yes. How the fuck are people getting in contact with each other in this movie? For example... In the course of this movie, they are on the run from the mob. They go to one hotel. The mob finds them in that hotel, goes to another hotel, right? Like, I know the, the deus ex machina is the guy sneaking onto the set of Jeopardy and stuff. How the fuck was Jeopardy supposed to find this bitch? That's she has true. no cell phone. But it's a lot true. of like, like, like a lot of times people are like, 
meeting up and like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And like this communication happening that you're like, there's no way this is happening on a landline. Right. Right. No, that's uh, true. Me. I had one. That was in my notes too. 1992, they had pagers and pay. Nobody has, but nobody has a pager in this movie. N- not one. If you look at Menace to Society, you've seen that movie. Everybody has pagers, but in this one, nobody does. So my argument is that: Do you think you could go back as an adult now to a time where you had to call somebody on a house phone or on a landline and just hope they're there? And if something happens, you have no idea. It just happened. Like if they just get into a massive car accident, you're just stuck there waiting because you have no idea what's happening at this point. Oh man, you, don't depressing. you remember those days? I, I yes and no only because by the time cell phones were really prevalent, like I'll say I'll say I was probably fifteen when I got my first cell phone. It was a prepaid jump off. I didn't get to experience adulthood where like I'm out doing things. Before cell phones got really popping, like by the time I graduated high school, cell phones were like they're not now. We're super smart, but not. But you could at least like text and call. Right. You had to pay for the minutes, and things yeah. were free after after seven on Fridays. You used to, to pay per text. My mom was wild. I think those little Virgin Mobile top up cards. It was bananas. Yeah. But but do you think as an adult right now in your thirties, uh, no, I could not. You could you couldn't do it, right? No, no, no. I couldn't. I mean, I remember those times. I remember being like, well, I have no phone or anything like that, so I'll just call somebody's landline. But I wouldn't want to go back to those times. So It's it's annoying being out somewhere, you're waiting for somebody, and you text them or call them and they don't answer. Imagine that's that's completely off the table and an emergency occurs. Yes, absolutely. You got to go and leave them like, hey, man, the guy's supposed to meet me here. If you see a guy looks like this, tell him da-da-da-da-da. Like, really? Like, for real? Yeah, that's insane. Um, so my favorite line of the movie when they get when they get to the house, and and the guys are watching the game, and the women go off to the other room, and she said, "You're not getting your money back." He's like, "Why?" Because I'm trying to get out of this dump because this is Vista View Apartments. There ain't no vistas and there ain't no views. And I was like, <laughs> that was the most touch, like the most compact way to deliver the strife of your economical situation. Like I understood everything she was saying in that moment. Like, yo, it is hard out here. Like this is terrible. <laughs> that was good. And he said like, and he said like, yeah, I'm not getting, I'm, you're not getting your money back. Cause nah. Like, How much money do you think they gave him though? They were like, oh, we're going to get some of the money back. How much do you think they gave him? 100, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. I, I'm going to say they didn't give him a dime. They just covered half of the entry fee to the tournament. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's what I'm going to say. That happened. was the game they they won that game. Because after that, they go to the tournament and Woody Harrelson is trying to piss those guys off. This is yeah. the the big tournament where they're winning five grand. So so just to bring it around full circle um, slightly, um, when they're at the tournament, the guy, the two guys that they're really badgering, uh-huh. the big dude and the, and the shorter guy, uh-huh. the shorter guy is Dwayne Martin. Oh, really? Dwayne Martin, the one that just got the one that got supposedly um, allegedly had an affair with Jada Pinkett or whatever. And wow, who okay. was and who was under development deals with Will Smith and got shows under the the was it the the Brook what was it Brookside, whatever Will Smith's production company is. It's okay. Like Brookside or Brookville. This is he the did guy that. that they're saying they had relations. Yep. Um, and he was the one who was married to Tisha Campbell, uh, Gina from Martin. Okay. And he had he had the show with uh Lisa Ray on UPN. Uh, uh Okay. Now uh, I know who it is. All of all of us. And he was even in uh the Kevin Hart um Real Husbands of Hollywood. He was one of them. Okay. Man, there are a lot of famous people that just pop up in here. I'm saying, right? So I just want to say like that comes full circle back to the the Will Smith uh Men in Black episode we did previously. Cheap plug for that episode if you haven't already listened to it. And then uh, he's pissing him off, trying to make him mad. And uh Sydney's like, Why are you doing this? And they're like, they they play terribly when they're mad. I I didn't quite get it because it took so long for them to start playing badly. Like it was a really close game. Right, right. And then they win this. They win the five grand. The, did you hear the judges? They were like, they kept like throwing the ball at each other, throwing the ball. And the <laughs> like, judges were like, 
hopefully this doesn't get go too much more of this. No, the, and then the they're best like, line, let's pay you, him and get out of here. Yeah. I, I said, let's pay him. Let's pay their money. And let's get out of here. That was hilarious. <laughs> I want to buy one of the tournament shirts. Can you do that? Uh, I found it online, but it's but it but it's in euros, so I assume it's from a store over in, over across the ocean. Uh, let me know the design, and I'll just make it. Is is the one the one with the the hands shaking? Okay, I will get the design the, and just make you the one. The T the T the T T B B T. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look for the design and just make the shirt. Uh, cause I, I think, like, I think if you want, if you, if you want to make a shirt for the podcast, that's probably the logo to use Okay, everything that we've gone through. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, um, the tournament was great. I wish, I only wish like, I like uh, this, I feel like it sh- that should have been the final thing. I I would have felt a lot cooler if it had, they'd have just been playing other people we had met through the movie. Yes. Not just but these be- random guys that are thrown in there. Like, okay. Yeah, like who are these like, random guys? But I guess because Woody and Wesley already beat a lot of those other guys, you can't really build tension by them playing a different team. Right. But then I then I wish we'd have met Dwayne Martin, the other guy, earlier in the movie. So that would be like, oh, these guys are kind of serious. We should fear them. Instead of being like, oh, you know those guys? Those guys we met set six seconds ago? Yeah, they're really good. And then you see them, like, score one time and talk crap. Mm-hmm. And then... So for, so, so for a movie who... A movie that dicked around a lot, Certain times they were speeding through, and I'm like, it was so weird. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So they they they're in the car after the tournament. They're in the car. They're Woody Harrelson is like, you know, I can dunk a basketball. And I can and, dunk and, a uh, basketball. And this is a rule that I was taught as a kid: um, only a fool argues with himself, and that's exactly what Woody Harrelson did. Absolutely, he already had the money and everything like that. He's like, I'll put up my half of the five grand. That I can dunk a basketball. And so they pull over. And I think it's funny. He was like, when they pull over, they get out. They're, he's trying to dunk the ball. And he's like, is that regulation height? And he's like, move over. Wesley Snipes like, move over. I'll check it for you. What Wesley Snipes has some ups. I mean, this is, this is, he's probably like in his late 20s, early 30s. This is prime like, Wesley Snipes, bro. He can jump. He fights vampires, nigga. You better respect him. And he was, he was um, like jumping up, and I was like, "Damn, this kid could jump!" So, so, so he can was I, like, "Yeah, this is a uh, regulation height." He was like, I "I'm pl- just gonna need three tries to do this." Can I plus up this this scene one Absolutely. one little bit? Yeah, yeah. G- give me, give me seventeen seconds after the tournament. Woody Harrelson's on a payphone, and he's like, and and he's talking to Rosie Perez, and she's like, "Yo, I got a message from." The sticky, the stooky, wherever the stooky twins, and if we don't have the money, they're gonna kill us tonight, or whatever. Give Woody Harrelson some type of motivation to really need that other half of the winning money. Don't just make it like, well, I could dunk. No, you can't. I could dunk, man. I bet you this large amount of money. He didn't even start low. He's like, I bet you ten bucks. I mean, he starts like, I'll give you my entire half of this money. Right. I needed. Some urgency. They made the Stooky Twins, whatever, such an afterthought of this movie. Yeah, that that him that him wanting the other half of Wesley's money just to dunk and not, hey man, I need to dunk this ball so it can save my life. Seems right. so weird. So give me just seventeen seconds of Rosie Perez reiterating the general plot of this movie that they need this money when they when the Stooky Brothers actually show up. You're just like, what the fuck. They're just such a side like characters. Like, I, I I even I even do you one better. Uh, check this out. So because I, this is how much I know this that these these are movies that just scripts are just slammed together. Uh, Rosie Perez goes on Jeopardy. She she kills it on Jeopardy. This the next sequence where they're rollerblading and riding a bike down wherever down friggin' the Pacific Coast Highway. I don't fuck it. And and it's like okay, so I go on Jeopardy. I get 12 grand for every time I win and then 20 grand for being like the season winner or whatever it is. And, and that's like 80 grand. And then I'll do some, some, I'll get, a, I'll do some acting lessons and I'll get a, a coach and da, 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 and I'll get on TV. Not once I just go like, and then I'll pay these guys who are trying to fucking kill us. Like, exactly. like it's never mentioned in that entire sequence. Nope. And I'm like, Oh, so, so this is, this is a whole different movie at this point. So, I was waiting for her when she was saying, oh, let's do this, this, and this. He was, I was waiting for her to be like, well, 
we're going to pay these people off so they can stop. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking running like, after us and trying to kill us. I thought you were going to say like, oh, 12 grand here, 12 grand here, 20 grand here. And then minus the money that will save our lives, we have 80 grand left. But she never mentions it. I'm like, bro, this Nothing. is, bro, they, they, it didn't even need to be done. I don't, think, I don't think the movie, I don't think the movie even needed that weird subplot. Honestly, I agree with you. I think the m- movie was well enough that it didn't need it. It was just thrown, kind of thrown in there. It was like, oh, let's leave it in there. You could have, you could have, you could have, I'd say, I'll argue that you'd have been better off just making it for comedic effect and you just having the guy who's going to shoot everybody anyway. If he just found where Woody Harrelson lived and was going to try to kill him and they had to run away from the hotel, like nothing else was needed. Yeah. That would you already got a character, you've already established he's crazy, he might shoot somebody. Yeah. But because the Stookies never do it anyway. You didn't have to have this guy ever shoot anybody, but he's he, but he has scared Woody Harrelson and doesn't want to take the risk, and they yeah. move the other place and everything like that. Like it did. They they, they they I feel like they, the the random times that they move with this urgency of somebody's gonna kill me is dropped and picked up at such weird parts of this movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So so at finally, like these brothers find them, and then. Um, after the week, right? They're like, where's the money? Where's the money? They find him. This is after the after she leaves him. Mm-hmm. After he goes back to that fancy hotel. Yep. Number one, how did you know he was going to be there? You just show well, up I, out of the blue. Bro, all these places seem like some pay by the night stuff. How are you finding them every time? Yeah, when you turn around, you're like right there. Like, it's never, I'm like, I'm like, it's never like they get there and they're waiting outside for him. It's always like, oh, you happen to be here. You happen to be outside. I'm going to punch you in the face. Like, right. How did you not see them as you're running back and forth to the burning building? Right. These are like paid by the hour. How did Rosie not go like, hey, the people are there. Nothing. Nothing at all. No heads up. No nothing. She's just like, like, yep. For that same token, Woody, Woody Harrelson is out here playing in crowded basketball courts knowing niggas who are looking for him know he plays basketball and he's playing on Venice beach. One of the most famous basketball courts in the country. Yep. And he, and he's not worried about getting, getting seen or nothing. What do you think about him dunking at the end of the, the tournament? Uh, in my mind, he did a layup and that was just a dream sequence. Oh, okay. Okay. None of that was real. I don't believe it. Cause, mm. cause then it's like, what's the point now? Like, like, uh, it's almost, it's almost like the, like a Greek tragedy. Like, yeah, you dunked, but what did it cost you? Right. <laughs> like, like, like you've lost everything in the world, but at least you can dunk. But getting back to the brothers. So they find him at the high, at this nice hotel. They're like, where's the money? Gives them the money. And then they take a picture of him laying on the ground. Like they shot him and killed him. What was the point of that? Yeah, uh, I didn't get that either. Especially, I was because like, of the, "What? I mean, why are they I, even I, doing this?" I, I guess. I, I mean, my thing is, if if he paid him the money, I thought he'd be like, "Okay, he paid the money." When they get back into town, what happened? Oh, he gave us the money because he knew what was good for him. But instead, it's like, "Oh, he pays the money, and then we're also going to kill you because we got to keep our street cred up, our street rep I up, whatever so. it is." And I'm like, "Couldn't you just said you killed him?" It's not like he's like a public figure, not like somebody people would know. Like, right? He's out here. He's out here struggling, trying to make a dime. What does it matter? I, I, I'm like, I'm like, was this entire subplot put in just to have that that redirect where like he looks like he's dead, but he's not? Like that's the only benefit that came out of this entire thing. No, I agree because that's the part I was like, I guess these people are doing this to keep up their street cred because that's the only thing I can think about. Like I argue that they should that the movie should have opened with the scene at night where they have him next to the headlight looking at the pictures of dead people. Like, I think that like yeah. that should have been the opening sequence of the movie. And that has set a completely different tone for this whole thing. You're like, okay, now I know what he's playing for. And there's an imminent danger happening all the time. Right. And that way, and that way, when you do see the redirect, we're like, Oh, it's a fake picture. Oh, the picture's fake the whole time. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Like you needed that scene at the beginning, that, that little moment being at the beginning of the movie, before you even see him walk near the Venice beach boys, would have completely made this a more coherent movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think this movie is so iconic then? Um, for the reason we do this podcast for, um, black guy, white guy, top, top billing. Um, it, it was the, the character you follow more obviously is Woody Harrelson, but 
for for a lack of a plot as the, there is, Wesley Snipes gives just as much. They both have the yeah. same amount of urgency because nobody else is trying not to get killed, and Wesley Snipes trying to move out of the ghetto. So I mean, it's fair. You um, kind of see where the, they're both coming from. Yep. Um. The the biggest stars at the time, you know, doing this thing. Um, just the scene of them being in the car and you're like, okay, you have a white man, a black man and a Latino woman just cruising down and they're the leads of this thing is pretty iconic. Yeah, um, absolutely. The Especially basketball stuff. Time. Yeah, I'm saying the basketball stuff is great for the most part. I mean, some of it runs a little bit too long. Um, and, you know, any movie that has just general realistic, I feel it in my heart trash talk, I'm here for. And the fact he said, yo, your mother's an astronaut, I would roll in. Uh, just the little things that he was just saying, you anorexic, you know, uh, you know, friggin' Dick Gregory diet, drink, eat, drinking, da, da, da. like just all the nonsense they were saying was just had me rolling hundred percent. Um, little thing I say is, do you remember the show smart guy? Yes. I was going to bring that up. The dad, so he looks exactly the same. And Absolutely. even now, even now he still looks like virtually the same, just obviously a little bit older. So I was like, when it's the- funny to see him in here. When that movie popped up, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's the guy from the smart guy. That's, so that's what he's going to go for. The dad so, from the smart guy. So it's just funny to see him cursing and just being riled up. And like because this movie's so loose as far as plot goes and there's not a lot of determining things in this. In my mind, a lot of these characters go on to do the other projects and it's completely canon. Like, I believe that this happened in the smart guy universe and that's just a story that the dad tells the kid like yeah i used to, <laughs> I used to, I used to run ball in venice beach all the time i can see that do you think a lot of these lines were improv on set oh, i think i think i think probably i'll say 80 percent of any of the basketball street talk i'll say some lines were put in there specifically like maybe the astronaut thing and the mothers and some of the mother stuff but i'll say a majority of it was just they were just like on, let it go just ribbon on the square. Yep. Um, so um, how familiar were you with this movie before we watched it for this? Oh, I've seen it a couple of times. What's a couple? Uh, two or three times. Okay, My so brother like- used to really love this movie. Growing up as a kid, it was this movie, uh, Boys in the Hood, um, uh, Menace to Society, um, New Jack City, all those movies. So I wanted to bring something to the forefront that was a little different than what we usually cover because, you know, usually the people are friends first and then they kind of build their, their relationship through the movie. I feel like mm-hmm. it's vice versa. They were just like uh, their business acquaintance first. They were started out hustling each other. Then they built a friendship and now they're just going to go off into the sunset. You know, so um, so on the scale of, you know, as we've done, so scale from one to could make just make it a little bit from one to ten, uh, one being, you know, they'll never they'll never talk again after this, and ten being, you know, they're bad boys for life. Uh, I don't Where think you bad boys in? for life. Maybe a five. And 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 what 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 couple would you compare them to that we've done so far? Um. Well. Um, are they what? are they are they above or below J and K? Oh, below for sure. Are because, they above? Uh, because J and K at least knew you know they're going to be working together. Let's build a relationship. These two were complete strangers, and they were like, "Oh, we don't know if we're even going to like each other." And I feel like everything afterwards just kind of fell into place. Oh, we hustled. Let's try this. Let's try that. Um, so, so above, above or below, uh, two guns. Um, uh, I think below still. So and then, uh, and then I, uh, I, I mean, it would lethal been weapon. Oh, lethal weapon! They were like friends for life. So, so they're, so this, they're gonna so ride off in the so, sunset. So, so, so this is on the low end. What you're telling me? Yes, because it would have been nice to get a follow up movie. To see what happened next, because was it because every time you watch the game and that you're like, oh, he's 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 screwing them, right? Because I I thought it when when they, when they played the final game because they kept showing Wesley's face like, 
oh man and i'm like is that exhaustion or is that like he knows he has to screw his friend over again because he made a deal to save his family right i thought he was because they never because they never explained who those hustlers were on the side of the court just trading money the whole time right and you were like, oh, this is a $5,000 game. Well, was it really a $5,000 game? Because you see everybody else trading money. Do they get a piece of that? Especially because you hear that Woody's obviously giving 2000 of the 2500 entry fee. Right. So you're like, oh, he's going to screw him over, isn't he? Dang. So I get, you, I get what you're saying. So this um, is on the lower end. But so, at the end of it, they're like, oh, I need a job. And he was like, do you have any references? And he was like, you. You. So, so they are friends, just maybe not, you know, they, I, they, they're I think not they're starting out their friendship now. But one one more nonsense thing happened. They're probably not friends anymore. Right. They're one argument away being like, well, fuck you. I'm out of here. Understandable. Or one um, hustle away. You're just like, uh, I don't need to deal with this bullshit. I'm out of here. So um, leading into next time, I have the movie picked out. Awesome. What is that? Right. It is gonna be um, it's gonna be 2010's Cop Out. Okay. With Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Awesome. Okay. And I, I I remember liking the movie. I've seen it once. I remember liking the movie. And the line that sticks with me all the time is, yo, this room stink. It's more like two Jamaicans slap boxing in an elevator in here. <laughs> and that line always stuck with me. Big shout out to Bruce Willis, the GOAT. Sorry, you're going through some health issues, but you gave He's us like 106 a of, years old, so it's about to happen. You've given us a lot of entertainment, so big shout out to him. Please like and subscribe. We really like doing the show. Well, at one of the conventions, we'll definitely do this live. <laughs> so that's that's that, the that's the goal. That's the dream. I bet it would be fun. Yeah, I get. I get a lot of people asking about this. This is one of the, our best rated shows on the network. So thank you for everybody who pays attention and listens. Because I, I have a lot of fun doing this show. It's definitely different. I'll tell you that. So, um, but thank you guys for listening. And, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Partner Complex. This has been a production of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Hosts of the show are Robert Brooksby and Marvin Ellis. The Partner Complex is edited by Samantha Brooksby. And to find out more information about The Partner Complex, please check out their Instagram, at The Partner Complex. This has been a production of Limitless Broadcasting Network.